Break the Ice podcast is presented by Superfood. If you have a high-performance team that needs fueling, check out mysuperfd.com for more information. Everyone, welcome to Break the Ice headquarters here in Arlington, Virginia. Mike Vogel here for WashingtonCaps.com. Joined today by Caps defenseman Rasmus Sandin, and as always by our producer extraordinaire Zach Garrett. And uh, Rasmus, kind of a interesting time here. A couple of weeks outside of the trade deadline. Um, just going back to last season at this time, you remember the Toronto Maple Leafs? Um, did you have any inkling that? That there might be a deal. I mean, I mean, Toronto's had a little bit of a an excess of, of defense defensemen for for a few years. Um, if you can go back to around this time last year, what what was your your mindset like as far as uh, how the season was going and what might be ahead of you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always an interesting time. First off, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen really. And, and I mean, just going back uh, to last year. Um, you know, I had no idea what was going on. Uh, I haven't been around the league for that long neither. And, yeah. um, you know, been, been in the NHL around, around trade deadline either. So, uh, for me, I had, uh, actually no clue anything, what was going to happen. Um, I mean, I was on the ice too, practicing when, when I found out I was, I was getting traded. So, um, but you know, for sure it's, it's an interesting time. Um, you know, players are going to get dealt here and there for uh, all around the league. So it's definitely, uh, definitely interesting. Well, let's start by tracing how you actually ended up in Toronto in the first place. Obviously, you're born in Sweden, Uppsala, uh, town between Stockholm and and Yavla, where you know Nicholas Backstrom and a number of other uh, NHL players hail from. Um, what was your your upbringing like? You obviously had an older brother uh, who who played hockey as well, Linus. Um, wh- what stands out when you think about your origins in the game? You know how how soon you were on the ice and and where it all kind of started for you. Your your love of the game and and when did you think you might be able to make a living playing this game? Yeah, I mean, uh, first up, I, I I we moved around uh, quite a bit as a family too. But um, you know, I grew up in a in a small city outside of Uppsala from the beginning, uh, Alunda. It's called. Um, I don't know how many people live there, maybe just a couple thousand. Um, so it was great being there first off. I think I was there uh, from I was like two till I was about eight, nine years old or something like that. And it was, um, you know, in the winters they had, uh, you know, ice rinks everywhere, uh, you know, outdoors um, that we always go, would go skate in. And, um, you know, all the people in, in the city would uh, would take care of the rinks and stuff like that. So that was great. And, um, you know, I, I think my first step on the ice, I think I barely was one years old I think I was sitting in a you know a tire on the ice and wow. my 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 dad was dragging me around uh she said I have an older brother that plays and my dad was a coach for him when they were I don't know five six years four or five six years old or something like that so um you know from that I think I've never you know taken a break from hockey really um you know just being on the ice more and more all the time and then um you know my my older brother was was fantastic to me when I was younger. Uh, he'd he would always bring me with his friends playing hockey with them, and I think that's where where I started to really fall in love with the game. Just having fun on on the uh, outdoor rinks and stuff with my brother and and his friends and my friends, and you know just have fun. Um, from that, I think we moved up north a couple of times when when my brother moved up north to play. Um, we we moved up or as, as a whole family, and um, you know been moving around a couple of times. So. Um, but again, I think 
you know, since since those times, I, I can still remember uh, just going on the outdoor rinks, playing with my brother and his friends was, uh, was definitely when I started to fall in love with the game. Did you go to, like, Swedish league games, uh, professional games? Uh, did you have, like, favorite players from that league? Or did you watch NHL games and, and have favorite players uh, from, from that league as well? Yeah, when we when we moved up north, um, up to Örnsköldsvik, um, where Modo is playing, where, where a lot of great hockey players who came from a couple of hall of famers and um you know they they had their team was in the shl at that time so went to a lot of those games um and uh you know my favorite players there was uh nicholas sundstrom was one of the guys um played for the rangers mm-hmm. uh, a couple other teams too i think but he was he was one of the guys that i, I really liked and um you know a couple others too and um NHL isn't, or wasn't at least, it's getting a lot bigger over in, in Sweden and all over Europe, I think. But um, back when I was younger, I, I barely watched NHL games regularly, at least. I would I would wake up at the night with my with my uh, dad and, and watch the Stanley Cup finals a couple times here and there when I was younger. But otherwise, um, not a lot of NHL. So my dream was always to play for Moto in the SHL and, uh, you know, for the Swedish national team to start. So, so, did you have any awareness of guys like Borja Salming, uh, Inge Hammerstrom, um, even even Nicholas Lidstrom, some of the more modern uh, Swedish defensemen? Uh, did your dad school you on any of those guys? Or yeah, like that? my my dad's favorite player was was Borja Salming, um, and then for me, as a little bit of a younger guy, I mean, I had when I started to watch NHL and when I got into, a, I, I was a big guy on on YouTube watching highlights and stuff mm-hmm. like that of of guys and. Um, and when I got into watching a little bit more of NHL, Nick Lidstrom was one of my guys that I really looked up to and was, was one of my idols. So, um, and, and now too, after it was pretty cool when I, when I got drafted, um, Boris Solomon gave me a call too and, um, asked me to go to lunch with him. So me and my dad and Boris Solomon and and another family friend who knew Boris since before we all went to lunch and he, uh, you know. Just, just wanted to be a good guy, and um, you know, we had a great time. And my dad, I don't think he spoke too many words. He was so nervous uh, seeing him, but that was awesome. And and then after he passed away, now, yeah. um, I'm I'm also part of his uh, ALS uh, um, foundation too. So it's great to do that. And uh, I mean, obviously, everything he's done for for uh, Europeans overall coming over to North America and play hockey. So it's awesome. That's a fantastic memory for you and your dad both. What um, At what age do you think you, you sort of cemented yourself as, I'm a defenseman, this, this is what I'm going to do, because I know your brother's a right shot winger. Yeah, um, and that's, that's funny. I mean, I, I, I switched pretty late. I think I was going back and forth between mm. playing forward and D-man, I think, up until I was about 15 or something uh-huh. like that. And then at that point, I, I settled in and, and wanted to become a defenseman. And I think at the same time, around that age, uh, that's where... Where I felt like okay, I can I can actually you know be pretty good at this game. So, um, but yeah, I was going back and forth, and and back in Europe, I think it's very common to do that. I remember my my first couple of times. I think I played with Rasmus Dahlin, who's on mm-hmm. Buffalo. Um, we were ten years old, and we were playing in this team that they bring people from all over over Sweden, and we both were playing. We were playing on the same line as forwards. Um, and now we both played defensemen in the wow. NHL, which is pretty cool. Well, I, I feel like it helps. I, I feel like having a recent experience of playing that that position gives you a better understanding of of what what the wingers looking for, outlet passes, things like that. I, I think it's a a good thing in your toolbox to have played that that position. Not that you would play it in the in the NHL unless, unless there was an emergency, but 
I think that, uh, especially for defensemen, just having a little bit of experience playing on the wing probably makes you a little bit better of a defenseman in a lot of ways. Yeah, I guess so. And, yeah, you, you I guess you kind of know a little bit what the forwards want to do with the puck and stuff like that when they want the puck. And, um, you know, you might, might learn it um, just playing defensemen too, but I think just, you know, you get some offensive qualities and stuff from it as well that might, might be – might be stuck a little bit from from the time I was playing forward, but yeah, I mean it's uh, it's very common back back in Sweden at least. What put you on the on the radar in in your mind? At what point were you were you thinking, wow, this this could this could become a, a bigger deal? Because obviously you're playing with a guy like uh, Darlene, and and he was on the radar at at a very young age. Where where was your progression? Where where you thought, wow, I I could. I could play professionally and and uh, and maybe even go across the pond and, and play in the NHL. Yeah, I think around when I was fourteen, fifteen, or something like that. Um, you know, as you said, with with Darlene playing with him. I mean, in Sweden too, because Sweden is such a small country, and you you know uh, what players are are you know at the top. Um, and for we had a lot of good defensemen playing in, in all over Sweden too. So. Um, you know, but around that time, um, you know, Darlene came came up and played unbelievable hockey from when he was about 16. And before that, you know, he was, you know, when, when you're young, you're not really thinking about who's better, who's, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but around that time, I think I started to, to feel like when, when you, we start having national team tryouts and stuff like that, I think it's around when we're 15. Um, and around that time, I think, um, you know, you, you just want to, you know, be a part of Team Sweden and stuff like that. And when you are, I think that's when I'm, when I started to, you know, I, I really want to take a shot at this and, and be really good. And then when I was 16, I think I was 16 or 17, me and my brother actually signed our first SHL contracts together to, uh, to the same team as well. And, and you played internationally, uh, I think under 16, under 17 and under 20 in the, uh, the world juniors as well. What, what were those experiences like? representing your your country at at such a young age and in such a prestigious tournament yeah it's really cool um i mean as i said growing up i think that's that's probably the main thing that you're watching at hockey i mean every time uh, sweden was playing you're watching it on tv and um so you know that was probably the biggest dream i had when i was really young uh you know playing for team sweden so um before nhl starting to get into the picture of course but um you know that i mean we, we we play very early at our national teams too as you said under 16 17 18 and uh and then also under 20 so the world junior part is is huge back in europe so you know just being selected for that first one i play i played two which was which i was very fortunate to do but um the first one was you know for sure a dream come true and the second one was um you know a lot of fun as well and uh what's fun with playing the world juniors too is that all those guys that you play world juniors with is the guys that you played under 16 17 and 18s with and some of the guys i've been playing against since i was five six years old um and some of them are now over here i play against them in the nhl which is yeah it's it's unbelievable to kind of piggyback off that this four nations tournament that that's going to happen next year at this time uh, how excited are you for for that sort of thing, and and even for the possibility of down the road playing representing Sweden in the Olympics? Yeah, I mean we it, it it's awesome that they that I think that they put put together that tournament. Um, even if I'm going to play or if I'm not going to play, but I think it's great. Um, you know, for for hockey all over the world. I mean, you get to see the best players competing against each other. Um, 
so that's it's going to be a lot of fun to either play or watch um and for sure it's it it would be a dream to to play in that first four nations and then uh, also of course the olympics i mean the olympics is is huge um and uh i figure it's pretty big over here too but um you know for for swedish people i think we know that we have a good hockey league in the swedish league but when you get to see the best players competing against each other but they're also competing for your country i think it's something special so um, you know, it's definitely a dream of mine, um, and hopefully it'll come true at some point. Your draft year was 20, your draft season was 2017, 18, and you started playing in the Swedish hockey league, which I guess you were 17 at that time because you didn't turn 18 until later in your, in your draft year. What was that like? You, you played, I think five games, probably I, I'm guessing minimal ice time and then made the decision to come over and play junior hockey in the Ontario Hockey League with the with the Sioux Greyhounds. What was what were those five games like and and what went into that decision cuz it seems like that that decision kind of changed everything career-wise for you. Yeah, I think, you know, from the beginning when I signed the contract with with Rogelit together with my brother, I mean, that was obviously really really cool to do that with him. Um and then the plan was always to go to to Sault Ste. Marie and and, and play. Um but we had a lot of injuries in our decor in, in Rogla, and they asked me if I could stay back a couple of games and uh, see how it went and stuff like that, even though I was very young. Um, so I, I did, and, and it was awesome. I mean, I got to play play with my brother for five games, which was a dream of, bo- or of uh-huh. ours. So, um, And it's something we, we still you know can talk about and still look back at. I mean, we at least got five, five games together and, and preseason and got to work out and skate with each other and stuff like that. And we actually lived with each other that, that time too, which was an awesome time. So something we definitely would love to do again at some point. Um, hopefully, in a, well, depends on when it is, but... Um, you know, that was, that was awesome. It was a great experience. I got to play with some really good players that, you know, I've been looking up to since I was, since I was really young too. Um, and then when I came over, I mean, I wasn't disappointed for, for, you know, just a little, I mean, I was, I loved it in Sault Ste. Marie. We had a great team and, uh, the organization was great. Um, didn't know what to expect with the city. I actually played the under 17 worlds in Sault Ste. Marie that year before. Um, and we won gold there too. So, (laughs) I was like, kind of had had to go back, but I, I loved it there. Well, you you hit the ground running. I, I I'm guessing. I mean, the rinks in Sweden are Olympic sized rinks. What was that adjustment like coming over to the Ontario Hockey League and, and losing those 15 feet width wise in the middle of the ice for for a defenseman and having the game kind of come at you a little quicker? Yeah, it was it was different. I I remember it so well too because it was a long long flight over and they were playing I don't know, they played probably around 20 games or something when I came over and I played 5. So, um, you know, when I came over, first off I had to take my cage off and start playing with a visor. So, just stepping on that first practice um with a visor in, instead of a cage was first off different. And I remember we were doing like breakout stuff and and in, in practice and I started backing off behind the net. And then all of a sudden I hit the boards behind me because <laughs> I thought I had a couple more feet to, to work with, yeah. but I didn't. And I was just looking around. I'm like, oh, my God, these guys must think I am such a bad player right now, too. But um, I remember it so well. But it, it was different. But you learn also pretty quickly, uh, especially with how many games you play, uh, which I really liked. Um, you know, getting used to the North American schedule and the, the ice and 
uh, everything around it too. So um, it was different, but it was um, you know great experience. You guys had a really long playoff run, and you were excellent in those those playoffs. How much do you think that helped put you on the map? And and I'm guessing there wasn't a lot of time from the end of the the playoff run to the combine to the draft. What was that that whole sequence like for you? That that early summer, late spring of of 2018, leading up to the Leafs taking you. Yeah, it was it was a busy busy one for sure. Um, I mean, obviously we knew we had a really good team. I think you know part of regular season when I when we were playing, I think we lost maybe you know seven or eight games in regular during regular time, which was you know crazy. I think we won thirty straight or something like that. It was it was insane. Um, so we had a great team first off and. Playoff-wise was was a lot of fun too because we don't have that format back in Sweden either. We play one game and then you move on yeah. to the next. So that was a great learning experience for me as well. And um, you know, again with with you know being on a good team and playing pretty good in playoffs yourself, I think that obviously helps with with everything coming up with the combine and draft and stuff like that. And I think right after the finals, um, we I went back to Sweden for like one and a half two weeks or something, and then I had to go back for combine headed back for another two weeks or something like that or three weeks or whatever it is and then go back for the draft so it was a busy one but it was uh was a lot of fun and it's memories for life for my whole family i think that draft was in dallas it was in dallas yeah um any uh, any inkling that that it was the leafs that i mean there's obviously a history there with kyle dubas and and the sioux they they seem to have, I mean looking looking at it now I think a a bunch of your fellow blue liners from that team wound up playing for the Leafs eventually I know Hollowell was drafted there and Connor Timmins eventually wound up playing there too but uh, did you have an inkling that the the Leafs were were really interested in you or were you expecting to go anywhere else Yeah I mean I I I had a pretty good feeling with them um, but I also had a good feeling with a lot of other teams too so. Um, they weren't number one where I thought I was going to go. I thought there was a couple other teams that were that were going to take me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they ended up taking me there at the uh, end of the first round. And um, I think, uh, you know, it was it was great. It was um, it was a great experience just being drafted. I mean, that's this also I mean, when you when you're getting closer to the draft, it's something you just look forward to. And, um, you know, it's uh, it was it was awesome being there with my family and stuff. So it was, it was really cool. That 2018-19 season, you're turning pro now in, in North America, still just a kid. I think you're 18 at the start of that season. What was that like, playing in the American Hockey League as as an 18-year-old to start that season? And you obviously stepped away to, to again play in, in the World Juniors that year. Yeah. Um, yeah, that year was, was also pretty crazy. I mean, I remember I uh, played a couple for exhibition games with uh, with a big team there mm-hmm. or with, uh, with the Leafs and – uh, got sent down there at the end of camp, and uh, I think my first exhibition game, I think we played Buffalo or Rochester or Buffalo, um, and uh, I got hurt there in that game. So I missed a couple of uh, start of the season, and um, I mean, I was I was lucky with the start. I think the first time I touched a puck, I think I scored a goal. Um, and then from that, I mean, it was just a lot of fun. Um, but it was, it was different again, because the year before, you were playing against 16 to 20-year-old yeah. or 21-year-olds, and uh, the year after, you're you're playing against men again, so it was different, you know, you, with the North American style playing against pros. I mean, I had my five games or whatever it was back in Sweden, um, but it's a complete different sport, I'd say. Um, so it's way more physical, which which I like. I think it's 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 a big part of this game, and um, 
it was it that was something I think that year I really had to learn how to play my game with with my size and being a D-man playing pro in North America so um even though I was very young playing in in the AHL that year I think uh you know I learned a lot and I think that it it took me a couple steps forward uh, towards playing in the NHL. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. What goes into playing that position? Uh, like you said, you're you're not you're not like Joel Edmondson big, but I feel like you you're 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 substantial. You're you've got uh, some thickness to you, and you don't play shy out there at all. And it just seems like you're a really cerebral defenseman who uses everything you have available to you: um, body positioning, stick positioning. And and you know how to use your body without without taking yourself out of out of position, and it seems like you you pick your spots really well. But what goes into that? Because, I mean, it, to me, it's it's the hardest position. We talk a lot about not knowing what a guy is until he's two hundred games in, into his pro career. But it seems like you've you've really taken taken some massive steps, despite really having some some hurdles, like you said, a couple of injuries. There, there were some times where, where you were getting scratched a fair amount in Toronto. It just seems like for me, looking at it from the outside, you, you've made a ton of progress to, to the age that you're at right now, given some, some, uh, some obstacles. Yeah. I mean, again, I mean, from that first year, just playing, playing the AHL as an 18-year-old, that was, you know, a big learning experience. I was getting hit a lot. I was you know, putting myself in bad spots and, and stuff like that. And I think from that, I think you just learn and, and try to get better at everything. Um, and then working with good people, um, you know, both in Toronto and, and also here in, in Washington. I mean, it was great people trying to help me, trying to, you know, help me develop and being a better player. Um, and the last couple of years, I think I've been, you know, developing a lot with, you know, on the defensive side of the puck. Um, you know, not putting myself in bad situation and reading how I need to play with my body. Um, you know, for me to go in with with a guy that is six four and two hundred and twenty pounds, you know, you know, it's tough for me to win that battle body to body. So I have to be smart with either being quick to the puck or I have to use my stick in a better way or playing good positionally. So, and it's something I still need to get better at, and something we're we're working very hard at here and. Um, you know, with help from from Mitch Love and from from Carbs too, I think they're they're helping me in a great way. They want me to develop, and same for me. I want to develop. I want to be better, so so we can help out and and win a couple more games. So, um, but for sure, taking I've I've taken big steps. I think under the, especially on the defensive side of the puck here in the last last couple of years, and uh, still want to take a, a lot more steps for sure. What were your thoughts when Carbs was hired here? A couple of months after the trade. A guy who had at least some familiarity um, with you and and with your, your progress and and what you were trying to to accomplish. I was I was very happy when I saw it. Um, you know, he was he was he had obviously a different role in Toronto. He was the assistant yeah. coach, but I know how how liked he was by the players. And um, you know, he he was great at communicating. He was good at helping players individually, so they would work really good as a unit. Um, and he was taking care of the power play and. Uh, again, all the players really liked him, and um, so I was excited when when he uh, he was hired here, um, and was hoping he was gonna be uh, you know the same way. He wants to help guys develop. He wants to you know obviously he's he he wants to win, and he wants to to get the full potential out of this team. And I think he's doing a great job of it because um, I mean it's, it's his first first time being a head coach in the NHL too. So, um, but he's doing a really great job, and. Um, very liked by the players and great at communicating and stuff like that. So, um, 
I was I was excited when he got hired and um, very happy he's here. We talked about you playing <coughs> in the Swedish Men's League at the age of 17, the American League at the age of 18. You, you start opening night with, with the Maple Leafs at the age of 19 in, uh, I guess it was 1920 season. What was that like to, to be out there on the ice? I think it was against Ottawa. I think he had a point in, in that first game. Um, I think you stuck around for a couple of weeks, and then you were back late later in the season. But what was that experience like, having made it and and going out there for that that first game, and and still being a teenager? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, you know, first off, I mean, Toronto is obviously a huge hockey city too. Um, so I remember that. I mean, obviously, I'm probably always going to remember my first NHL game and. Um, I remember it really well. My family came over to watch that game. Um, and then when you make, I think, when you make the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, something happens. I mean, people know who you kind of are and stuff like that. And that was very weird to me um, because w- we went to dinner after the game. We won that game, me and my mom and my dad. And um, we went to dinner after. And as soon as we, I mean, there was people outside waiting and, you know, stuff like that. It was just very weird. Yeah. But um, it was it was surreal to, to get your NHL debut under your belt at at 19 years old too. Um, and again, I, or as you said, I mean, I played six games, I think it was, and before I got sent down and then later after world juniors, I got back called up. So yeah, um, it was, it was unbelievable to get that first game. And, um, I was just, it, it, it gets you the first taste of the NHL and you just want more of it. So, um, but definitely something I'll always remember. And you had that, I think 20 some games that, that first year. And then obviously the pandemic kind of shut down everything at that point, but, I mean, the other thing is the unique situation there, too, where your AHL affiliate is in the same town. You don't play in the same arena, but same town. What was that like for the couple of years there where you're getting kind of shuttled back and forth and then the taxi squad and, and all that? I mean, I guess there's there's some, some pluses in mind. And, and I, I think a lot of those, you, you, you seem like a guy who is getting papered down a lot, probably for salary cap reasons as well, where... I think there was, I don't know, maybe the 21-22 season. I think you spent the whole season in the NHL, but there were a couple of times where I think you were on your entry-level deal and they were probably saving a few bucks just by papering you down to, to the Marlies. Yeah, that was a couple of times, um, you know, being sent down on paper and then, you know, called back up on paper, you know, stuff like that. I mean, Toronto's... Uh, very tight on the salary cap and has been for I don't know how many years yeah. now. So um, they have to do obviously what they need to do. But um, you know, first playing in in Toronto with the AHL uh, team in the same city and stuff like that. I think um, I was kind of happy with that when you were getting called up and sent down a couple times here and there. And because um, you know you you don't have to move, you don't have to drive anywhere. You I mean you're staying in the same place and uh, practice rink and is it the same same spot and uh, game rink, game rink is a you know six seven minute drive from from you know where the uh, Leafs game rink is. So that was good for that reason. And um, yeah, again, I mean Toronto's been playing that um, salary cap now for for a while with playing it really tight on it. So um, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a part of it for sure. Let's talk a little bit about that that pandemic um, season when when everything shut down and I guess it was March of 2020 almost four years ago yeah your brother signed with Philadelphia maybe a month after that I think it was April of of 2020 and what was what was the mindset what were you guys talking about as far as how how everything was gonna play out 
because I know I think he came over the the following season to to play at uh, Lehigh with with the Flyers. But that 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 first year, I think he wound up playing like a total of fifteen games, and and I feel like every young player was impacted by that that season and not being able to play, not being able to get the reps. How how did you handle that? And and looking back on it, how how do you feel like that went for you? Yeah, I think again, as you said, for for a lot of young young players, it was a tough season. Um, not only for me, and um, but I, I remember it very well because I I we were talking about getting a team in Europe to start the season with, as as many other players did, and um, was close. It was going to happen, and then um, you know we heard rumors it was just about to start up and stuff like that. So uh, we waited and. Everything with the taxi squad. I was on the taxi squad for a bit there, and um, you know, at the end, we um, wanted to play some games, so we went down with the, to the Marlies and played. And um, I remember it very well too. We we played against um, Manitoba and up in Winnipeg. They played obviously in the Jets uh, Jets Arena there, and blocked a shot and I broke my navicular. Um, so I was out for <clears throat> you know eight eight weeks or ten weeks or something like that. Came back, and from that, I played. Uh, I don't know nine games or something, and then yep. a couple playoff games. But um, yeah, it was very limited with 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 games. But uh, again, it wasn't only for me. It was a lot of young players that got, um, you know, that had had it uh, tough with playing games and stuff like that that year. Um, so looking back at, it, I mean, it's it's easy to say now afterwards. I mean, yeah, probably we should have had a team right away done in Europe, and you know, maybe play a full season in Europe, get games, and try to develop there and play a lot of minutes and stuff like that. But uh, again, it's easier to say now afterwards. Hundred um, percent. When when you're able to get that first full season with uh, the Maple Leafs, but you wind up playing, I think 50, 51, 52 games. Um, ice time is around fifteen, sixteen minutes a night. You're getting some power play time. What what's your mindset as far as you know trying to carve out that bigger role, and then it's a trade that that eventually enables you to to be able to do that. Um, to break that log jam that that was in Toronto. Not that there's not one here. I mean, I feel like this team now has eight really good NHL defensemen too, and it just seems like teams now are starting to carry. I mean, for years, <clears throat> I feel like teams purposely did not carry an eighth defenseman because it was kind of unwieldy practice-wise and, and roster-wise, but now it seems like every team's keeping eight. Yeah, Um you know, just battling with getting more ice time and stuff. I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, when you're young and getting into the league, um, for me, I think I was just trying to do the best out of every minute I got. Um, but you know, every you all, I, I'm I'm one of those guys that always wants more too. Um, so for me, that was it was good. I mean, you you still get the taste of the NHL and learning a lot from being around really good players and um, you know, just just trying to get better and. I think it was at the same time. I think it was pretty good for me because I got to to put a lot of time and um, with the skill staff and and the the strength staff and stuff like that, and just working out and getting a little bit stronger and getting a little bit you know so I can handle myself a little bit better on the ice. So um, for me, I think you know that year, I, I learned so much from that year too. And um, you know, it it was kind of like I had kind of had the same situation there for for a couple couple years, which is. You know, totally fine. Again, I was very young and uh, got some really good defensemen on that team too, and <clears throat> as you do on, on any team. So, um, and then obviously the trade happened last year and got here and um, got a very big role, which I wasn't used to at all. But um, 
you know, it was a lot of fun to get that. And um, right now, you know, it's the same thing. You're just trying to play as good as you can and um, make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you're showing people that give you this ice time that they're doing the right choice and, um, you know, just doing the best you can. So, you know, help the team win and stuff like that. So, but, but, but for me, the, the, the mindset is still kind of the same, you know, you want, you want more, you want to be better. You want to, uh, you know, I want to be stronger. I want to be quicker. I want to make better decisions with the puck and um, play better defensively. And uh, I'm very happy we have Mitch, especially, that is taking care of the defenseman too. That is helping out a lot with how he wants me to play with my stick, and uh, it's been helping me a lot. When you were going through that that situation in Toronto, where you you play a game, get scratched a game, when you're watching from above, and you, and you like you say, you're 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 working with the skills guys, you're working in the weight room. When you're watching games, what What's your mindset as far as what what are you looking at? What are the coaches telling you to to be looking at in order to make yourself better while you're not playing? Because I'm like Anaheim is purposely going through a similar situation with a guy who's a center, Leo Carlson, obviously this year, where they're they're really managing this guy. Um, and I, I get it from from where their team is at. It's a completely different situation than than what you were in Toronto, and obviously, positionally, it's different too. But it's it's kind of an intriguing um, method that that, that they're uh, deploying to try to make this guy into a a good player, not just this year, but for the next fifteen or twenty years. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, coaches and and stuff, they're always trying to put the best team on the ice that they have available, right? So. Um, that I mean, for for me, I think I wasn't one of the best players, and um, that that also made me really hungry for getting better and want to be a part of the lineup every single night. So that was one of the reasons. And then also, I mean, when you're when you're above watching the games, I think for me in Toronto, it was it was huge for me to have a guy like Morgan Riley, who was who was awesome to younger guys, and uh, he was a guy that I had I had to look at a lot because he he's been in the league for yeah. a while and. Um, you know, is being a really good hockey player and helping that team out a lot. So that was one of the guys I was really looking at and trying to take parts of parts of his game into mine and picking his brain and stuff like that. So he he was huge and he was also uh, great on the outside. He's um, I'd say him and and same here with with John Carlson. I mean, those guys for me as a young guy. I mean, I'm learning so much from them and um, just both of them being the, the type of persons they are too. With talking to to a guy like me or any other young guy and trying to help us out. And, um, you know, after practices, when, when John is taking pucks and he's like, okay, let's do this kind of drill. And uh, this is something I think you should work on and uh, get into your game a little bit. It's so appreciated from, from uh, you know, I can only speak for myself, but I guess all the younger players. So um, it's huge for us to have guys like that on our team. What did it mean for you confidence-wise to be able to, when you, after the trade happened last year, like you said, you get pulled off the, the practice rink. I think you guys were in Seattle. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, you come down to Anaheim where the caps are, but you're not able to get in the lineup right away because they've they got to work out your, your work visa. So you're watching another game from above there. I'm guessing that helped a little bit just to sort of familiarize yourself with the system. But then the team goes up to San Jose, and, I mean, you jump on the ice and really hit the ground running, not just in that game, but really over the rest of, of that season. How much confidence did that give you coming into this season? Yeah, I mean, a lot, obviously. I think um, as a hockey player, I think you build build your game a little bit around your confidence too. I mean, you, you make plays that maybe you don't when you have confidence or when you don't have confidence. So for me, it was huge. And, and that confidence, I think, came from 
getting a big opportunity from the beginning here. And, um, you know, I was, you know, we, we had some injuries here too. John was injured yeah. and um, kind of had his role and, um, you know, just making plays and stuff and, and things like that. And, and the coaches were also good to me here when I got here. They were, you know, telling me to play my game and have some fun and um, trying to get used to the system and, um, and all of that. So, um, and then obviously you, you score a couple of points in the first game and, um, you know, confidence is growing with, with the ice time you're getting. And, um, and then obviously again with, with, I mean, very cliche, but all the teammates that, that, that was here, they were so good at taking care of me. Um, so without them, I mean, it would be very tough to, to, you know, switch teams there. We had one Swedish guy here back in Toronto, we had seven. Um, so that was also a very nice comfort to have in Toronto from the beginning when I came there. But when I got here, you know, Nikki took care of me really well. And then all the other guys, they took care of me so well, welcome me in, helping me out with anything I needed. And, um, you know, if I didn't have that, I think the decision would have been a lot harder for me. And now having spent almost a year here in the, uh, the greater DC area, what are some of the things that you enjoy away from the, away from the game about being in, in this part of the world? It's, it's a lot, actually. I, I, I absolutely love it here. It's gr- it's great to have, you know, when I have my family over, my dad has been over now a couple of times and uh, had a couple other family friends over and it's easy to send them down in, in downtown and they can go, you know, watch, look around the city, you know, go to the museums, go to do, do a lot of things. So it's a lot of things to do, a lot of things that happens around the city. Um, so um, that's great. It's nice to not have, you know, those tough winter days neither with, uh, you know, snow days, you couldn't even drive to the rink some days. So, um, something you, you don't really have to worry about with having a canceled day of practice. And, um, you, so, you know, just, just a living all over great food and it's, it's easy to live here, which is, which is great. Well, we're glad to have you here and we hope you, you spend the rest of your career here and it's, it's great watching your, your progression too. You're, you're I think you turned 24 in a, in a couple of weeks here and, um, 200 games in, it seems like you, you've got a lot of upside, and I think a lot of people here really enjoy watching you play the game. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks to Rasmus Sandin for spending some time with us on today's edition, Break the Ice. Superfood Performance Nutrition fuels the Washington Capitals, players, and staff on and off the ice. Each bite is energy-packed, highly nutritious, and engineered to boost recovery time. When they're not feeding pro athletes, Superfood is bringing the same high-quality nutrition to offices nationwide through their flagship corporate meal program, Simply Lunch. So if you have a high-performance team that needs fueling, check out mysuperfd.com for more information.